This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. This is The Other Side of Midnight with Frank Morano. They're running a strange program, y'all. Talk Radio 77 WABC. Now, here's Frank Morano. And this is The Other Side of Midnight. I'm Frank Moreno. Well, we have an embarrassment of riches when it comes to talk topics today. And uh, we have the added benefit of having uh, a really interesting collection of people to discuss them with for the next hour and uh, for the next four hours as well. We are in the midst of... A whole bunch of interesting stories, and you're going to hear about them all. Uh, Here to guide us through them for the next hour are two of my favorites, two people who happen to be friends of mine in real life, a veteran media producer, satirist, and social critic, Marlena Shivo. Hello, Marlena. Welcome back. Try that word again. Critic. Critic. (laughs) Critic. Critic. (laughs) Critic. And uh, we have the man who, the activist who led the charge to have the Port Authority change the Christmas decorations on the Holland Tunnel, and the host of a, an internet show on Hard Seltzer, uh, the one and only Corey Windelspeck. Hello, uh, Corey. That's a claim to fame right there, right? That's right. Uh, 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 now, uh, to, in order to kind of sweeten the pot and incentivize both Marlena and Corey to uh, be a little bit more you know, interesting than they otherwise would be, is we have these brand new... Uh, other side of midnight with Frank Morano wow. travel mugs. These are really, really neat. Now you could see them if you go to wabcradiostore.com. They are made in China, but they are very, very nice nonetheless. They've got our new logo on them and everything, and uh, they're really neat. So wh- whoever you, the listeners, decide does a better job handling the conversation over the course of the next hour, <laughs> they will be awarded. Um, not having this mug. And the loser <laughs> will get this other side of midnight travel mug. But if you want one, just go to WABCRadioStore.com. All right. Uh, Marlena, how are you? I'm good. I'm good. I, I understand you actually had a minor traffic incident, and we, <laughs> we might be somewhat to blame for this. And this is officially fake news because I got a, um, a legal notice in the mail from the city of Hoboken, saying that I had an unpaid parking ticket uh, from December, this past December, and, and, and also a failure to appear in court. And I haven't been in Hoboken since 2016. Even though I do live in the state of New Jersey, I have not actually been to Hoboken since 2016. It was not me. Apparently, whoever wrote this ticket or punched in this ticket put in my license plate number. And obviously all my information came up, so they have my address, and they sent me this notice. I called there, and it turns out the vehicle description does not match mine whatsoever. But regardless, I still have to prove that I was not in Hoboken on December 27th at 1.30, violating the alternate side parking rules. Wow. 1.30 a.m. or p.m.? PM. Wow. So, what are you going to do to prove that you weren't there? When do, do they you... clean the streets at one a.m.? I, I don't know. I do mean... You know what alternate street parking yeah, rules are? When, how do you prove that you weren't in a place? Well, when I spoke to the one woman who actually was at first, I didn't seem was didn't seem helpful, but actually turned out to be very <laughs> helpful. You basically just have to prove that the car that they wrote in on the citation is not the same car as yours. So. I didn't want to send them my registration card because that's what she suggested. Mm. And I'm like, well, why would I give you all of my information? Like, this almost feels like a scam to me, and I just don't even want to give into it. So instead, I had to fill out a plea, 
email it back. I actually copied the the citation from online and, and sent that with that description and then took a picture of the back of my car um, showing what my vehicle actually is and my license plate number. That's incredibly bizarre. And by the way, it's still ongoing. I got an email from this woman today saying, I sent all of your materials up. The deadline is tomorrow, by the way, for this. Um, and she said, um, you know, feel free to follow up tomorrow to, to get an update. Jeez. On a situation that's that a lot I had. of work for a typo. I, I, I know. That's right. Now, Corey, you have some experience with that part of New Jersey. Yes. Is this par for the course for what they uh, do? Hoboken parking is the worst. It's like literally the worst place you could ever want to park a car. Mm-hmm. Everything worse about than New it. York? It's worse, way worse than New York because everything about it is impossible to do. And it's such a small area and there's so many people. Everyone's trying to get a spot. So the signs are confusing. The alternate parking is confusing. Sometimes if you're on Washington Street, you got to back in. If you pull in head first, uh, you get a ticket for that. Uh, they feel like they just make rules uh, as they go. Uh, well, that's awful. Oh, yeah. absolutely I find it awful. astonishing that with all the big bro- – I mean, but there's three cameras in this room. I mean, there's not a one camera on the street where my car was to prove <laughs> that it wasn't my vehicle. It is, it is a little amazing. All right. Let me, let's delve into some of the issues we're going to get into for the next hour. Uh, let's begin with this. The latest in terms of this Spotify drama. Now, uh, Joe Rogan is a podcaster, the most popular podcaster in the world. And uh, there are no shortage of artists that have now demanded their music be pulled off Spotify because Joe Rogan is hosting people that are uh, putting out misinformation on COVID. Now, the head of Spotify in spite of this uh, this video that was revealed of Joe Rogan using the N-word, a compilation of him using the N-word over the course of the last 12 years, Joe, they said they're not taking Joe Rogan off, but they did decide to remove 70 to 100 of these Joe Rogan episodes that are on Spotify. Your reaction to this whole Spotify situation, Marlene? I know you are a free speech fundamentalist. I, <laughs> I sure am. Um, I think that it's great that they didn't pull him off the air because, you know, so many people would. Um, I know that pulling 70 episodes or whatever is not exactly um, all in, but it's definitely better than firing the guy. I do. I did find it humorous that people like Neil Young and Joni Mitchell were protesting. And I'm like, is anybody going to miss Joni Mitchell? Whatsoever, you wouldn't even have noticed they didn't announce it. <laughs> but apparently, Neil Young they did play a lot of his music on Spotify. One of the them being thing. "Keep on Rocking in the Free World," w- the, man, <laughs> the man who now is shutting down free speech. Okay, well, he's not shutting it down. He's saying he doesn't want his. Music he's walking away from on free platform, spe- a platform that supports free speech. So he is not rocking in any free world. <laughs> I guess he's not. Uh, Corey, what was your reaction to this whole Spotify situation? I, I thought it was kind of ridiculous because uh, Joe Rogan, I feel like he's he's plays both sides. He has a lot of people on the left. He has people on mm-hmm. the right on. Uh, he uh, yeah, he has his own thoughts of COVID. But, I mean, he they're taking what the guests were saying, not so much what his thoughts were. And I think his reaction video he came out was really good. He said, yeah, maybe I do have to have, you know, a counterpoint on like the, the closer to the interview. Now, uh, did Spotify say they're going to slap a, a warning label yes. on some of his episodes? They yeah, are going yeah, yeah. to do that. Yeah, they're right. going to do a warning in the front. He said he's going to try to, you know, if he has someone, you know, way out on one end, he's going to try to have a counterpoint close by so he can have it. The, the situation, though, with, with Joe Rogan and Spotify, they spent $100 million to get him as the exclusive podcast uh, platform for his podcast aren't they so invested in this at this point that they really have no choice but to side with him over all these musicians? You have to side with him. You have too much invested in that. And this is yeah. no different than Howard Stern was on FM back in the 90s. He was outrageous, and people didn't want to listen to him. They said, just change the dial. Uh, the only difference is now you have artists pulling off the platform. Uh, you know, Then you have the other side. A lot of comics are now saying, well, if you pull Joe Rogan, we'll pull our podcast off there. So right. it's going to be a, a, a tug of... At some uh, point, you just got to go, we're just going to just have everything on it. Eventually, it will only be Joe Rogan. Okay? Yeah, it's yeah. funny, though. <laughs> Did me. you see that and Howard me. Stern was actually trending today on Twitter? Because they, they're like, okay, if we're going to just start throwing darts, let's just throw Howard Stern under the bus with his, you know, some old video of him doing blackface. You know, there's always going to be an old video right, of somebody yeah. doing something. Well, I, I said yesterday about this Eric Adams the, video that surfaced two years ago that I, I'm uh, fully prepared to 
forgive him, not that he's clamoring for my forgiveness, for that video, as long as we extend that same uh, amnesty to everybody that gets caught with a dopey video from a few years ago. I you mean, know? you get caught on dopey video pretty much daily, daily, right? Daily, daily. So, and everybody seems to keep coming back for more. Now, uh, last thing on the on the Spotify situation. One, I had heard that uh, Neil Young was still having his songs air or not air, but be available on Spotify Canada. And then the other thing, it was reported that um, Neil Young told Spotify workers that the company's CEO, not Joe Rogan, is the real problem. And he was urging them, the employees, to get out of that place before it eats up your soul. That's according to Variety. Now, that seems a little excessive to be telling all these employees to quit their jobs. I mean, is he going to hire these people? <laughs> no, but but Rumble might because they did offer they did offer <laughs> to, to 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 bring them over or bring at least Joe Rogan over. Um, but and that's why the CEO of um, Spotify came out today and apologized to the his staff, saying, "I'm really sorry you have to keep going through all of this stress." Although I'm still not going to back down, and Joe Rogan is still going to work here. So I mean, it, it's ridiculous. It's it, it's overdone. Every time I open up Twitter, I see. Joe Rogan trending. I mean, it's uh, very popular. Guy, he's th- really he's this generation's Johnny Carson. No, he's not. I think he is. I uh, think he is. There's really a, no place that you could go on and become an instant national name like you used to be able to do with Johnny Carson and the Tonight Show. Joe Rogan's like the last place. I feel like that Johnny Carson is rolling over in his grave to be compared to Joe Rogan. I mean, in that realm, in that vein, I guess you're right, but. Still. Well, also, in just yeah. in terms of variety of guests that they have on, I mean, Joe Rogan will have on MMA fighters, comedians, scientists, politicians, uh, artists, you know, boxers. Uh, Johnny kind of did the same thing. And now. So does uh, Howard Stern, though. Yeah, that, that's true. That's true. But I don't know that. Um, and I'm a Howard Stern fan, but I don't know that he has that same level of saturation, audience saturation since moving to uh, to Sirius. Uh, last thought on this, Corey. Yeah, I just think it's. I think Spotify just take a hard line in the sand. They're not going to remove them. They have too much money invested to them, and frankly, they're getting more uh, advertisement for Joe Rogan right now than they never dreamed of. Maybe it's not what they want, but at the same time, I think more people are going to be downloading those episodes now. Uh, I and think, they also want to probably want to hear those ones that are banned now. I, I'm people sure want that's to hear. true. I'm sure that's true. All right, um, uh, you both had COVID. Thankfully, you both survived it. Now, um, Marlena, you have been adamant, very, very vocal about these COVID restrictions that have been in place in New Jersey, the masking, the uh, vaccine mandates that have taken place in New York. We got some interesting news out of New Jersey yesterday. What happened? Okay, so obviously Phil Murphy uh, decided that he is going to lift the mask mandate um, in all of New Jersey for schools um, as of March 7th. Now, let's remember that Phil Murphy asked to extend his executive um, re overreach by not for 90 days from it's beginning in January because all of his executive powers were going to end uh, as of January 11th. And then, you know, the New Jersey uh, Senate was like, absolutely not. We'll give you 30 days. He's like, no, give me 45. And then they were just at a stalemate. Like they did, there was no resolution. So then he decides, oh, I'm just going to, you know, declare a, a state emergency, health emergency, public health emergency in New Jersey, which ends this Friday. Okay, so now everyone's was was clamoring to figure out what he was going to do, and it turns out he is now backing off of the mandate. But I don't trust it. I don't trust it already because why? If your order is up on Friday, why why are we waiting another month? Now his excuse was, well, it's March. It'll be warmer weather because, you know, it's so tropical in March. (laughs) In New Jersey. In New Jersey. uh, We will be able to better ventilate the schools at that time. Nonsense. He just had to give an answer because it's such an arbitrary time. Um, Actually, Rita Cosby was on her way out and we were talking about this and and her thought process uh, was she was thinking maybe Biden had something to do with it because of the State of the Union is going to be on March 1st. Oh, that's interesting. And it could be something because he did meet with Biden over the weekend. That was widely publicized. And then he so did that. As it stands now, people still have to wear masks in New right. Jersey. Right. And yeah. even though all the parents are pre rejoicing about this, but they're also wondering why. And then, of course, I'm a, I'm very cynical and I You're don't. Tr- and I definitely do not trust Phil Murphy. And I'm like, is this just 
a way to buy more time because you know if he if say he lifted it this week and then something else came out in the news there's no way he could reinstate it mm, he would just yeah. be completely pummeled um more so than he already has been and so i think that he is waiting and then it's just giving too much of a margin for a new variant or some other excuse to extend it so then he never has to you know take it away and Corey, you have a prediction? Does this mask mandate get uh, get extended, or do you think this could be the beginning of even blue state governors easing these restrictions a bit? I got a feeling it's going to be extended because I don't know. It's everything over there is just backwards. He, he I'm not a fan, obviously, of uh, what he's been doing. Uh, much like she's saying, I don't trust anything he does personally. So I think at some point you're going to see this thing extended at least until April. Uh, ask for at least another thirty days. Uh, Well, I also think this. I also think that now Connecticut was kind of like hinting that they they were going to change. Yeah, they're they're sort of like toying with this idea. Um, uh, Phil Murphy, you know, said it's definitely going to happen on March 7th. And now, although New York's not really budging at the moment, um, I do think that this is a way to sort of soften the reputation for the midterms, even though what they don't realize is that they're they're dead in the water. I mean, I know the Democrats, you mean the Dems. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's going to be a blood blood bloodbath. People like me who were always down the middle, who who leaned left, have completely lost their minds and have flipped to the other side completely. There's like I can't tell you how many people have told me um, that they extensions of people that I know and people that. I, I know personally, and, and it goes so far beyond that people are just flipping all the way. I hate these things. I'm taking them off. Right, so anyway, um, yeah. So I don't Unless think, anyone I don't think, and wonder do what Marlena was referring to. <laughs> She's talking about her headphones. Yes, not my... Undergarments, right? Oh my God, yes. Right. So yeah, but so anyway, I just do think that they're trying to save their reputation for midterms, and it's not going to work. It is too little too late. I think they got a warning sign in, in, in his general election too. I mean, he won by such a slim margin. He mm. almost lost that. So maybe he's maybe they would lift it just to try to figure out, hey, we got to get some of those swing voters back over because we almost lost this thing. We're going to continue with Marlena Shivo and Corey Windelspect in mere moments and uh, we're going to cover a wide variety of uh, of news including Hugh Hefner, the guy's dead for years now, still making news. And could a casino be coming to New York City? How are you going to celebrate Valentine's Day? We'll get some uh, advice from Marlena and Corey. And some signs that a job interview could be leading to something toxic. We'll explore all that and a whole lot more on the other side of Midnight. Straight ahead. WABC. You're hearing things. You're hearing things. On 77 WABC. Elton John singing Island Girl. Uh, somebody invited me to an Elton John concert uh, in the future, but I don't really want to go to anything. I'll be honest. I, I, you could just listen to the music. Uh, I don't really, I've never really saw the allure of concerts, quite frankly. Although, believe it or not, one of the people that did tell me that they were just uh, in awe of uh, Elton John after seeing him the night before at a concert was Donald Trump. He and Melania had gone to see Elton John, and I happened to be with him the next day, and he was going on and on about what a phenomenal performer Elton John uh, was uh, in person. So who knows? Perhaps I will reconsider. We are uh, really lucky for the hour to be joined by two of my all-time favorite guests and two people who happen to be real-life friends of mine. Both happen to be COVID survivors. We have... 
have uh, Corey Windelspeck, probably best known as the uh, originally as the activist who led the charge to have the Holland Tunnel change their Christmas decorations. Uh, these days, he's uh, best known for having a very beautiful girlfriend who's in the dog food business. <laughs> and uh, Marlena Shivo, who is a uh, regular guest on this program, a veteran media producer, so uh, satirist and critic of all things related to COVID restrictions. Now, let me ask both of you about this. Both of you lived in both New York and New Jersey. New York City happens to be the one, the largest untapped casino market in the entire country. And now the race is on to build a casino in New York City, full-fledged casino, not electronic table games, not video lottery terminals, the whole nine yards, table games, and so forth. They're considering Times Square. They're considering City Field. They're considering the Hudson Yards. Corey, your take on a casino for New York City? I think it's a great idea, personally. I'm a lover of Atlantic City, so I hate to see the business leave Atlantic City. But, I mean, there's no secret the economic impact it's going to have would be huge. I mean, uh even in Schenectady, New York, uh, a couple of years back, they opened Rivers Casino up there. Everyone said, oh, my God, it's going to cripple the city. People are going to take their paychecks and waste it there. And now Schenectady has now come back to life. Well, and, but, I mean, in fairness to Schenectady, yeah. Schenectady was in a little bit of a different position than New York City was, right? I mean, people are coming to New York City it, and coming to Times Square anyway, whether there's a casino there or not. I'm not sure that could well, be said. Well, at Times Square, that's one thing. You put it in City Field. I mean, people are going out to Flushing uh, every now and then just for no reason other than to go gambling. Well, uh, right, and, and the eighty-one home games that the yeah. New York Metropolitans <laughs> play there. So you're all you're all about this. You're, I'll be all for it. Yeah, hundred percent. Uh, Marlena, what's your take? Oh, because you know how much I love gambling. Well, I, I think know, it's a I know. great well, that's idea. Why I, uh, no, I, I'm, you are a uh, you're a gambling skeptic. I think is best. You know, or a critic, I guess, right? But so sure. what do you think about this as a... Well, it depends on where they put it. Like, if they put it in Hudson Yards, that's convenient, and that's way more convenient for me than Atlantic City if I were to frequent a casino for whatever reason. And um, I don't think that it would, quote, cripple the city. I think it would only actually, at this point, make it somewhat better and, and somewhat more of a reason to come here, because right now the city is... a. I'm sorry, but it's a disaster. It is not what it used to be. And people are not in Times Square. They are not coming here for anything. There's nothing to do, and there's too many restrictions. Right, but, And you think uh, casino gambling might, might help that? Well, it's going to take a while to build. By the time they actually implement this and build it and get all the approvals for it, it's probably going to be five years. Right. Well, so, but if you do have an increased prevalence of casino gambling, just like we've seen now with online Sports betting. New York has now that we've had legalized sports betting for a month. We've already set a world record for the most sports best ever bets ever placed. More people are going to gamble. More people are going to lose their money. And doesn't that mean more New Yorkers are going to be basically in poverty? And then we taxpayers are going to have to foot the bill for social services for those people. That's been right? the argument every time they open one of these. But well, they, isn't they, it always But true, they got to look at the 50,000 jobs it could also right. bring in. So there's a yin and a yang to both sides of it. That, that's okay. And look, and you know, and if things don't work out for you or w, WABC, there's your fallback. <laughs> you could you could be, um, what do they call a pit boss. Uh, I'm not sure I'm qualified to be a pit boss. <laughs> I, and I'm not sure also you can't gamble at the places that you that you work at. So I'm not sure I'd want to, I'd you know, forfeit it being able to play craps at one of these I'm sure you, you I feel like you would find a loophole somehow <laughs> I mean would it bring more people to the city or just give somebody in the city another thing to do I mean I don't know if it's going to be a big draw for the city but well, well speaking of New York City there, there's a claim that the vaccine mandates for restaurants for theaters and elsewhere are they are hurting business and they're hurting tourism in new york city do we have any data to back this up or and personal data if you'd like that sure we'll take it i mean because the best we can have well right? so, so for, i go for work i take people out to entertain uh, a lot of times and there have been a lot of times in the past six months maybe where we would go to like maybe a, a restaurant in new york but people one or two people in the party wouldn't be vaccinated so we couldn't get them in so, I mean, I've done more dinners in Hoboken, Weehawken, Jersey City before you go into the city uh, just for that reason. And I'm just one person. I would bet I probably spent three, four $4,000 alone just in restaurants in New Jersey that I never would have went there prior to this That's lockdown. That's pretty interesting. The, have you experienced that same thing? Marlon? Well, a, a lot of things have kept me out of New York. And, yes, the, the mandates are ridiculous. And, I mean, there are ways around it, and I won't talk about how that that, that what that is but um but who wants to who wants to deal with that and i'm definitely not ever going to another broadway show, show or bringing my kids to go see the rockettes 
masked. You know, that has to go away. I'm not interested in it. Whenever I see people posting pictures of themselves at a Broadway show holding up a playbill and everybody's masked, it I'm is like, annoying. that doesn't look like yeah. fun. It really is. And, you know, it's, it's, my wife's uh, birthday is in March, and we usually go see a, uh, a show or something. And I don't really want to sit and see a show for 90 minutes masked. I mean, no. I, I really do hope that New York is the next place where some of these restrictions get uh, get lifted. Hey, speaking of uh, vaccines and all this stuff, comedian Heather McDonald mm. had an interesting experience making some jokes about the about the vaccine. Marlena, what exactly happened? The timing was unbelievable. So Heather McDonald was at a comedy club in Arizona and she was just a few minutes into her set. She was on her second joke and she talked about being double vaxxed, boosted, had the flu vaccine and the shingles vaccine and she hasn't had COVID and yada, yada. Boom. She falls on the floor. No one reacts immediately because they thought it was part of her well, act. I would, too. Sure. Uh, yeah, because the timing was unbelievable. She really did just completely get dizzy, passed out, and fractured her skull and had to go Ooh. to the hospital. <laughs> yeah. But we don't think this is tied to the vaccine or anything. I mean, I'm sure there will be people who will tie it to the vaccine. Um, but it was definitely tied to a vaccine joke. <laughs> that's all <laughs> There we know. you go. That, that's all we know. See, that's an area of uh, health concern that we hear very little about, the hazards of joking about vaccines, yeah. Corey. That's that's the, that's the uh, one. Like, that's why she kept explaining. Oh, I'm vaxxed. I'm vaxxed. I'm vaxxed. And, and, and to fall in the middle, that was probably the most comical part of all. This. <laughs> See, right. being a comic, yeah. as you know, Marlena, and, and you've done comedy, too, right? Yeah. Sorry? Yeah. You don't still do it, though. Uh, no, not really. You doing strictly. Hard I do, do, yeah, I just do strictly just more creative things off stage now, I guess. You well, well, give me some examples of some of the more creative things off stage. Uh, just some side work's doing. Got a Seltzer show on the internet. How and, can people see that, by the way? Uh, so we're la- we're launching like a full launch again this summer. So you'll be able to watch it on YouTube and we'll be uh, launching it there. But right now we're just on social medias with Facebook and Instagram, uh, The Seltzer Show. Uh, they should search The, Sol- the, the Seltzer, Seltzer show. show. Yeah. So it started off as a goof during the pandemic and then slowly companies started sending me free stuff. I got, well, that's pretty cool. And then we just started doing it, and um, people seem to like it. And now the most I'm not pop- really sure why, because this, this the Seltzer team's kind of come and gone, but we're going to keep it alive as much as we can. Well, especially it's tough during the winter. It's very, very much considered sort of a summertime. It's thing. definitely, but like Mountain Dew just came out with their own seltzer. So that's wow. a big thing. I've already gotten like 20 messages on that. Hey, you're going to try this? So we're going to be hopefully Mountain Dew's going to be sending us that. And you've said that uh, White Claw's reputation is at the top of the heap is well-deserved. At- Hundred percent. You can't. You can't match it. And everything they do, they branch off. Every time they do something, it's it's number one. You know what I like, and I don't think I would like it during the winter, but I, I did enjoy trying it over the summer. Those white claw iced teas. Yeah. those were pretty. I truly did their iced tea, and it was horrible. Yeah, and they come out with the fruit punches. Terrible. White claw Wait, does didn't it. Did you say and you enjoyed the iced tea, and he said it was horrible? No, 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 no. The white claw iced tea was good. He's saying the truly iced tea. Oh, I was not so try to copy. White claw comes out with something. Other companies try to copy it. And they can't do it as well. Well, there's actually another uh, iced tea seltzer called uh, Two Chicks. Have you seen this? Uh, I haven't tried that one, no. Yeah? No. Well, maybe should. that'll be, that be on the season <laughs> premiere. Now, I know, yeah. we, we, Corey, we hung out with uh, Mayor Giuliani recently, and he seemed to take a, a liking to you. Is there any chance he'll be unmasked as as one of the judges on the I would love to have him on. I wouldn't, I wouldn't run off the boat either if that happened. <laughs> <laughs> I think that'd be hysterical. <laughs> Come on, on this hard seltzer <laughs> show, and then you storm off after he's unmasked. All right, um, let me ask you, uh, being a comic is not the kind of job that you can usually interview for. It's kind of something that you craft your own way in. Uh, there is an article in the Huffington Post of uh, some signs of a toxic job that you can spot during an interview. Uh, Marlena, you actually... You actually, many, many years ago, decades ago, literally, yeah. hired me one decades. time. Decades. Don't yes. act like it was two it decades w- it ago. It was decades ago. No, it wasn't. Yes, it was. It but was... anyway, well, we, we, we sit here debating about the number of decades for, for decades. But um, you actually hired me as an intern at one of your prior, in one of your prior lives. And I didn't see any signs that that was a toxic job, but that was a workplace that became very well known for its toxicity. What are some of the signs of a toxic workplace? Well, according to the Huffington Post, um, I, I do find this the timing of this very strange because at this point, who is really going in for a job interview and walking through an office? Um, I think. I think if you are actually brought in for an interview and have to go into an office, that's the sign that it's a good company <laughs> and they're not insane. But fine. So the first one is the interviewers. Uh, the interviewer is bad mouthing the person who had the job before you and people who work there. 
Okay, so that was number one sign. Number two sign was the hiring manager doesn't want to talk, doesn't want you to talk to anybody else except for him or her at the company. So you're only going to be interviewed by that person. And they ref- the third one is the interviewer refuses to admit to any of the company's shortcomings. Four, the way uh, the way they talk about success is cutthroat. <laughs> Five, uh, recruiters are cagey about employment agreements you will need to sign when you start. And lastly, everyone who works there seems like they are in a terrible mood. So, now, uh, yeah, but go ahead. Give me your I take think, on oh, go ahead. No, no, no. Give me your take. Well, I, I, I think they're a little weak. I think this. Don't you think this is a little weak? Like <laughs> people, uh, the one that talked about. The manager not wanting you to talk to anybody else. I, I don't understand where they got this list from yeah. completely, but um, I also think they're missing a couple things. <laughs> well, give me, <laughs> like, give me some of yours. I feel like if you walk into an office and you smell fish or broccoli that was just microwaved by one of the employees uh, there, I think that could definitely create a toxic workspace. <laughs> that an, an annoying coworker is in your near future. If I walk into a workspace and I see one or more people on an exercise ball instead of a chair, <laughs> I think that that might be – it doesn't necessarily say it's a toxic work environment, but it definitely will bring up some toxic feelings uh, that, in me. Yeah, that's an annoying work environment. Yeah, that's, that's for sure. sure. Um, but so, yeah, I think they could have done better with this. Uh, Corey, you changed jobs recently in addition to your work in the hard seltzer community uh, – you are also involved in medical sales. And uh, curious, were there any red flags in any of the job interviews? So it's funny. I, I read the same list. And, and the number one thing I saw, if, if I'm interviewing with somebody and they're bad-mouthing the people, I'm like, this is my guy. This is who I want to work for. <laughs> so maybe I'm the toxic guy here because uh, it's funny. A, a prior job I went to uh, – I heard nothing about bad things about it from the recruiter. And they're like, oh, and I, I got along with the, with the hiring manager so good. It was one of the best jobs I ever had. And it was the most unorthodox interview I've ever had in my life either. So I read this inter- I read this article, and I'm like, I would work there in two seconds. That sounds gross. So you don't find that this list holds water either? No, I find nothing in this list. I, I, I would have placed I want to work. I want to work with a guy who's going <laughs> to talk to <laughs> on the game, you know? Uh, Taylor Swift is a very, very popular artist, right? Uh, and now I went to New York University, and now there has been a Taylor Swift course launched at New York University. Specifically, I believe it's at the Clive Davis Institute of uh, Recorded Sound. They've introduced the first ever course on Taylor Swift, which launched on January 26th and continues through March 9th. Uh, I mean, look, she's a very popular artist, but what makes Taylor Swift so worthy of being studied by the uh, by the youth of America. This is one of the most ridiculous things ever. Now, I get it. It's a music. It is a music school, so I'll give it that. And, and we look at some of the curriculum of what they're talking about. You know, students will develop an understanding of the appreciation of Taylor Swift as a creative music entrepreneur. Uh, they uh, deconstruct the way of her creativity and songwriting. Uh, I mean, listen. Uh, I'm an, kind of an older guy, but this, all this girl's songs is about breaking up with people. That's true. It's, I might mean, know how creative you can get. It's one song after the other. It's just repeat, repeat, repeat. Um, I don't know. If I'm a, a parent spending thirty, forty thousand dollars $40,000 a year and I get my kids' grades in you know, a Taylor Swift course, I'm going to be wondering what the hell I'm doing. Uh, Marlena, would you want the, your child to develop an understanding and appreciation for Taylor Swift as a creative music entrepreneur and learn to deconstruct the way her creativity and songwriting have made her a durable presence <laughs> in the quick, evolving music industry? Listen, um, I don't really care if she learns something and gets a good grade and it shoots up her grade point average. Fine. My older daughter does love performing and likes to sing. So maybe this would be beneficial for her. Um, I think any artist who has done what Taylor Swift has done could do the exact same thing. Mm. Uh, And, you know, I do in this article, it did say that they did ask if Taylor Swift could speak um, to the class and they haven't received an answer. And I feel like if somebody actually creates a course in your name, you absolutely should accept the, the position yeah. of at least... What's that creating... say about the course if she doesn't want to show up herself for it, you know? <laughs> well, I know she's very busy, but, you know, come on. You could help. She's got like nine homes in New York. She can pull up a de- one night that comes yeah. to hello. I was thinking as Marlena was, was saying that, that uh, if somebody had a course for me somewhere, 
that I would go and speak. But then I realized it's probably going to be at an inconvenient time, probably going to be in an inconvenient place. And I, I'm, I'm guessing far less busy than Taylor Swift. I'm thinking I don't even want to go. I can't imagine Taylor Swift's going to want to go. Well, nowadays you can get away with virtual anything. Right, that's true. So that's she could true. just, you know, zoom in for 10 minutes and answer some Q&A. I mean, something. You think that's with us here to stay, the virtual anything, the meetings oh, done I virtually instead of lunches with human beings and I hope things like so, that? personally. No, I hope me. not. Well, no. you hope that... The... Oh, yeah, it's, this, this is the greatest thing that's ever happened to me. I don't have to leave my couch. So you it's work from home all the time? all the time. Really? I, I just put my, my shirt and my sport coat on. I'm in my underwear all day. This is the greatest thing for a lazy person. My sister does that. She loves it. She works from home all it, day it's long. It's the greatest thing. I, I uh, Look, I, I don't know. I, I like the idea of going to a, a physical workplace. Yes, absolutely. And I'll but, say this. I don't, I don't actually know how old you are, yeah. but um, you, you've worked long enough to know the difference between working in an office and working at home, maybe? Yes. Okay. Yeah. So, um, and that's fine, but the next generation, my kids, I need them to be able to function in the real world and not, you know, just devolve into this virtual world that they are pushing now. We talked about this on one of the shows mm. about um, them getting rid of the library in my kid's school and, and creating a technology room with these gaming chairs. And it's almost like there's this huge push towards no one ever leaving their house again. And now that, you know, you've got the virtual reality, it's like everyone is just going to sit at home and virtually live and not actually live. So I'm not a fan of this continuing forever. I like the hybrid model only because I am a parent and it is convenient to be able to kind of, you know, shuttle between going in and not going in because it, it, it does make a difference when you're, especially when your kids are young, um, but not as a full time like structure. Or, like, business model whatsoever. This is the beauty part of not having kids. You can just sit home in silence all day, and it's the greatest thing of all time. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Now, they always used to say that if you were working from home, that the employers and managers were less likely to want people to do it because they felt people were kind of goofing off and things of that nature. Then... All the data all of a sudden seemed to magically change that, no, people are actually more productive if they're working from home. As somebody that works from home, do you find that you – honestly, do you find that people are more or less productive than if they're actually working in a workplace? So I can just say for me, I work in sales, right? So I'm more productive just because I have more – I can do more. So don't forget, when when – Pre-pandemic, not just were you out, but other people were out, so they weren't always in their office. You can get a hold of anybody at any time, too, now. So you can be more productive and get things done quicker in uh, doing it uh, this well, way. Wait, okay, okay. So you are speaking from uh, like a niche position of a man who has no kids, right? Yeah. So you could be home all day by yourself getting your job it's a done. great world we live in. Okay. <laughs> well, if you're home with a child... And you will realize this as Carmine gets where he's just a baby now, so you can like transfer him from room to room. But when he gets bigger and he's moving, you're going to see a big shift in Rachel more so. Uh, you'll be you'll be sleeping because you you work at night. Yes, this is the best schedule when you have kids. This is the best. But it's like it's impossible to get things done. It is so much. When when Frank and I f- first started doing this a year ago. W- w- I used to come in way earlier than I That's needed right. to because I-, I got more things done here than I could ever at home. It's impossible. Um, and, and, so- and, you know, to, to that point, well, I find that when I have to stay late for things and there's all a, an office full of coworkers, it's much more difficult for me to get things done because people will pop in and start talking to you. And I'm, I'm sure the, yeah, the three yeah. or four people that are here now, they know to leave me alone except for the, you know, four hours that I'm, you know, on the air right. and I can actually get stuff done. It's very tough when all, there's all these people around. Right. No, it's totally true. It's, it's uh, yeah. So-, so final answer, more yes. or less productive. From home versus working in an office. Um, I think it could go either way. Either I think way. yes. If, as long, if you're home alone, sure. You know what I am over though. I get that a lot of people are working from home, and that's going to be the case for a while. Why do people still have out of office email replies? It is the most annoying thing in the world. Okay, you, we know you're out of the office. Everyone's out of the office. We don't need a reply. Just write back when you can. Uh, All right. I mean, well, if you're on vacation in another, uh, you know, country or something where they don't have access to email or running water, all right, fine. Uh, but uh, okay, I'm done but, with these. Uh, who has that job where they can go a week without but checking their email? That I mean, is, that would be the greatest thing in the world. That's semantics. What they yes, really mean is. is that I'm not 
readily available for the next couple days. Mm. They're just used to they're just used of their auto out of office message to let you know I might not be replying immediately. I had no idea you were so anti semantic, uh, Marlena. <laughs> And I must say, I'm disappointed. No, you are. I must say. One of us may get suspended for two weeks. Speaking of email, I know um, we're all, all three of us probably, put on a lot of email chains. Now, what I'll give you my method of emailing multiple people. But how do you react when you're on an email, email chain? There is nothing worse than when you're put in an email and someone just... Maybe a statement or a question, but then you get like the everyone has to reply to all, and it's the same people that do it. Right. Anyone with a brain can just hit him with just the one reply. Right. Reply to the person. But who it's either the someone email. that wants to either a make it look like they're working, yes. make it look like they're reading the email first, they get back to it, and before you know it, you have twenty five. Got it. Thanks. Great idea. Get onto you. There's got to be some kind of rule or etiquette to say, hey, we got to start shaming those people. Because if we don't do it, it's just going to get worse. Yeah, Shame the reply allers. Yes. It, yeah, but sometimes, sometimes, because I've had this happen in the workplace, um, it's encouraged because they, the person sending the message yeah. wants to see that you received it. Um, but that same person might not be as diligent as checking, and then everybody else can say, oh, no, 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 she saw it, he saw it, I saw the email. A couple of things here. One I've seen in a professional setting something called what I I call log rolling. When there's a whole bunch of people on an email chain, nobody feels that they have a vested interest in actually responding and doing anything proactive. Oh, why do I need to respond? This that guy's on it. That's that guy's department. Oh, he Frank CC'd that guy. That guy's going to handle it. I sent out last week, um, not to be too inside baseball, but a very detailed memo on something good that I thought would work here for the radio station. And I sent it to everybody that I could think possibly would be involved in this. Nobody responded. <laughs> not a single response. <laughs> not a single response. So I'll give you uh, your emails get confusing though because uh, we, we go on a little more personal basis too. But- I always get it's Frank and then undisclosed recipients. So okay, I can't that, tell that, if it's to me no, or that, to everybody. Okay, that's the next thing I was going to yeah. say. Is so what I do usually, yeah. except for this recent issue, it, see, Curtis Lee is the worst with these these email chains because he sends it to a whole bunch of people and then he's got, as you said, seven or eight people that reply all and fill up my email yeah. box. So I wake up at two o'clock in the afternoon. I have forty emails and they're all the same email yeah. and they're all I don't need. I didn't need the initial email, <laughs> let alone the subsequent thirty nine. But here's what I do, and both of you are aware of this: for when I'm sending out an email, whether it's an article or a commentary or an invitation or whatever the case may be, and I'm sending it to multiple people that I think are interested in uh, that subject, I will blind carbon copy everybody, one, to protect the anonymity of that person's email, and two, to make sure that you I, you guys cannot be trusted not to reply all. <laughs> so I make it so that you have no option to reply all or not. Oh, okay. Listen, I will... I be, As I am the recipient of many Frank Moreno right, emails... Right, you both are. It's true. I can guarantee that there is a good chance it's not even being read, and that's why it's not being replied to. Because if it's anything like those long diatribes that you write about your Cape May vacations or your New Year's Eve Eve background I info. read this all, just letting Thank you know. You. Thank you. Well, let, well, let me I, just say, first of all. You know people, why? Because you have no kids. <laughs> yeah, it's true. That and is you are true. sitting home all day in your underwear and you have nothing else to do in between your sales <laughs> calls. Point, well, I'll find things to do that. Point one, uh, people really enjoy those media <laughs> emails. And that, that's and once people, a year. And by people, do you mean like four or five? At least. At least. Maybe six. Yeah. That, that's once a year. As far as the, the Cape May vacation emails and subsequent similar vacations, for people don't don't know what Marlena is referring to, you know, Marlena and others would ask occasionally, oh, how was Cape May? How was Las Vegas? How was XYZ place that you went to? Now, I could give them the same answer 20 different times to all the people that gave it to me. Or I could send one email detailing exactly how everything was and then be done with it. They have all the information there and it saves me from having to spend, you know, the same five minutes telling everybody the same thing. Right. I, I, I think it's a very but, reasonable position. But, but the details are unreal. Like you could say, hey, it was a great time. We had great weather. We hit the beach a bunch of days. We went to we 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 ventured out to this place. We had great ice cream at this place. 
Can't wait to go back next year. That would be sufficient. But no, no, not him. He's like, and then we went for a walk, and then at 2.49, we saw a turtle, and then we came across a dog, and, and you know, we love we love dogs, and Rachel befriended this dog. It's like, oh, my God. Like, just, I wish my computer would blow up right now. Uh, fair enough. I All mean, right. Uh, I mean that in the nicest way. If you're wishing your radio it blows up, <laughs> don't worry. Oh, we're going to get into some other subjects in just a moment. Uh, this is The Other Side of Midnight. Corey Windelspect is here. Marlena Shivo is here. A lot to get to between now and 5 a.m. And uh, if you want to weigh in as to who should be the lucky recipient of this The Other Side of Midnight travel mug, you can give us a call at 800-848-9222. Are either of you interested in this? But either will either of you use it? I'm trying to determine who will. I'll take a selfie with it. I'll post it, and I'll get exactly two likes. All right, so okay. you'll get a lot with that. Can you do better than that, Marlena? What? Take well, a picture with your mug? Yeah. All right. Okay. Well, <laughs> we'll have to say it like that. All right. This is the other side of midnight. Frank Morano here with Marlena Shivo, Corey Windelspeck. Straight ahead. WABC. We are New York on New York's Talk Radio 77 WABC. Now here's Frank Morano. Like a perfect night to dress up like hipsters and make fun of our exes. Uh-uh, uh-uh. It feels like a perfect night for breakfast at midnight to fall in love with strangers. Uh-uh, uh-uh. Yeah. That is Taylor Swift singing about breaking up with people. Uh, I am joined by uh, Marlena Shivo and Corey Windelspeck, a pair of heartbreakers if ever there was one. And, um, uh, you know, we have, uh, speaking of breaking up with people, Valentine's Day coming up in uh, less than a week. Uh, Marlena, you're married, and Corey, you're in what I believe is a committed relationship, although I can't speak uh, with oh, wow. certitude to that. Uh, <laughs> what's your deal with Valentine's Day? I feel like Valentine's Day is one of those things where everybody always says, oh, it's a Hallmark holiday. I hate it. I don't do anything for it. And then try and get a reservation anywhere on Valentine's I, Day. I just can't get it right. Or I gets, fail every year. Right. It's, it's horrible. Well, I fail every year. I can't get it right. Well, so what do you have planned this year? Nothing. Nothing. Uh, no. Uh, no. I got stories upon stories of my Valentine's Day disasters. Uh, one time... Uh, I ordered flowers and I cheaped out because I was like at a flower. I don't want to say a company name because I don't know. what It was like $15 for like the delivery fee. And I'm like, I ain't paying that. I went to Amazon and bought flowers on Amazon. They might have been the worst flowers. They're like half dead when they showed up. And oh, boy. She knew it came from Amazon. So she even called me out. She said, are you too cheap to pay for the shipping? And I'm like, yeah, yeah. And, and that I, is your current long time. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. She stayed for that oh, one. Well, hey. And the next year, I tried to double down. I go, all right, I'll, I'll, I'll pay for the shipping. And then we get a snowstorm in New York. They came two days late. Oh. And they don't even apologize. They just go, oh, sorry. Like, you have, the one day you should probably hit your mark would be that one day. Yeah, you have to order early. You yeah. have to order early. No, I ordered early. Place. Just, you know, they so just didn't send early. Your your current girlfriend, I heard at the beginning of the show, is does something with dog food. Is that? Is that? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So did she start doing stuff with dog food after she got the crappy flowers from you because she served you dog food that night? Yeah, and yeah, then it became a thing. It's good dog food, though. I must say I've tried it. It's delicious. And I'm not joking. It actually is quite good. But oh. um, uh, Marlena, what's your deal with Valentine's Day? Do you look forward to a big Valentine's Day night out, a break from the kids, a romantic evening, <clears throat> candle at dinner and so forth? So now that I have children, I it has become, for me, a children's holiday. Okay. Now, oh. my husband actually did make two different reservations over the, like, for Saturday night and Monday. And I said, let's just take the kids out, you know, and like have them dress up and do something like that. Because Saturday night, I actually can't because I'm doing a, uh, a delayed, uh, naughty, or I'm going to a delayed, naughty, and nice party. It was supposed to be around Christmas, mm. but then she made it, but, you know, there were all these complications, and so we now are doing it Valentine's weekend. So it's going to be like a bunch of women sitting around giving each other naughty or nice gifts. No fellas, just women. Yes. Okay. Uh, before we run out of time, by the way, uh, you are very controversial. Your videos have been uh, censored by Instagram, censored by YouTube. <sighs> 
you have now taken to the world of Substack, much like a lot of other controversial opinion makers. If people want to follow you on Substack, how can they how can they do that? Uh, Marlena, M-A-R-L-A-I-N-A dot Substack dot com. Yeah, I, I just launched it not too long ago. So there's not a ton over there, but I'm moving all of my media there because I am done with censorship. Good for you. Good for you. Where can people reach you, Corey? Reach me on Instagram, this Corey, T-H-I-S-C-O-R-Y. Or you can find me on Facebook, Corey Windelspeck. Uh, figure out how I spell my last name. It's really <laughs> weird. So. All right. Before we run out of time as well, speaking of both love and censorship, let me ask you about this story about this uh, Playboy playmate who claims that she aborted Hugh Hefner's, quote, devil child at the age of 19 after the late Playboy Baron uh, reportedly plied her with alcohol, forced her into unprotected group sex, and impregnated her when he was in his 80s. That's the word from 2009 Playboy Playmate Carissa Shannon. Uh, she spoke with the New York Post, who has an article in today's paper on this subject. Oh, yeah. So when she was 19, she said she was carrying the uh, baby of, at the time, 83-year-old Hugh Hefner. <laughs> And she didn't know it, and she said it was the only person she was sleeping with at the time, and she was so repulsed by it, which it's so funny that she re was repulsed by the pregnancy and not the actual act of getting That's, pregnant yeah. with Hugh Hefner. But anyway, so I don't I, – what I don't understand about this story, he's the man's been dead for however many years – why now? What's the purpose? I, I feel like there's a lot of Hugh Hefner news all of a sudden, and uh, I I don't I don't really understand uh, I don't really understand why. Why either. wasn't there more Hugh Hefner news um, around the around the well around the Me Too Cause, movement? Because the money was mm. coming in. <laughs> you know, but seriously, why wasn't there? I, I think that's a that a fair is like point. The, that looks like it would be the headquarters of Me Too, and then you branch out. Like right. it started right. with Harvey Weinstein or something, right? Did yeah, it kind that, of start with him, uh, and then it sort of yeah, Harvey Weinstein and the Ronan Farrow story about him, and then it became a Bill Cosby thing, yeah, right? And then everybody thing, and then everybody. And everything thing. about him was creepy, especially when you look back in hindsight. He's walked around with the smoker's jacket. I don't and think there's anything wrong with that. Oh, come on, dude. What? The two what? sisters. There's one of the, these two sisters that were with him in a, in a relationship two sisters i don't know everything about it was great i'm a guy too everything about it was kind of creepy i don't you know look at I, the photos it looks like weekend at bernie's just trying to keep him awake i, I don't know well look uh, i think we can have you both back for a discussion yeah. about hugh hefner's legacy <laughs> in the future but i, I will agree to disagree yeah. uh, on that front uh marlena shivo and uh cory windelspeck one emailer writes uh who gets of uh, on the subject of who gets the mug I'd give them uh, – I'm so delighted your brother-in-law isn't there. I'd give them both a mug. He has very controversial things to say <laughs> on the subject of uh, of COVID as well. So that's sort of a, a – you know, not ex a, a lack of endorsement both for you guys and for and for him. All I'll right. take it. So you want this? You I'll want this? Yeah. Story. All right. I'll take that and the compliment is received. All so, right. yeah. Uh, you're okay with uh, with, with uh, Corey you can, you can You can have the oh, coffee. I will, I will drink with pride. See, I was <laughs> waiting for you to say – um, Marlena, like Solomon, I'd rather you know you I, I, you cut the mug in half, and then and then if Corey were to say he, you could have it rather than see the mug come to harm, <laughs> we would know who the true owner of the mug would be. All right, congratulations! I'm sorry not to fulfill your fantasy. Well, the greatest thing uh, ever happened. Congratulations! <laughs> if you want one of those mugs, you can go to wabcradiostore.com. There's some other great merchandise in there as well. That is a nice mug. I'm a beautiful say. mug. Yeah, I don't know who sent it to me. Double walls. Yeah, there you go. But I thank you to the listener who purchased it for us. All right. Um, there's some other great stuff on there. And if you want to buy anything on the WABCRadioStore.com, use discount code FRANK15. Keep asking questions.